Welcome to the Art of Slowing Down to Quantum Leap podcast that I created especially for conscious introvert entrepreneurs. And if you desire to grow and quantum scale without the hustle and are ready to discover the missing pieces to effortlessly running a solo line business, then this is for you. And I'm your host, Annalena Fuchs, a human design and energetic alignment coach. And my mission with this podcast is to provide you with a shortcut to your most aligned path to success and financial freedom using a powerful combination of human design, science, and spirituality. And I myself have shifted from working nine to five to now enjoying the freedom of creating things on my own terms. And I want to help you do the same. to another episode of the Art of Slowing Down podcast. As always, I'm super delighted and excited to be here with you. And today, I think I say this every time, I have a super special guest here, but for real today, her name is Michelle Seya. And we met about, I want to say, six, seven months ago, thanks to ads. I think it was an Instagram ad. She caught my attention because she's all into astrology and branding. I was so delighted she is combining the both. And yeah, so we have been connected ever since I also had a reading with her. And I'm just going to introduce you a little bit with your bio and then we'll take it away. Sounds good? Sounds perfect. Awesome. So Michelle is an intuitive business guide and astrologer, helping mystics in business unlock their client attraction, branding and strategy blueprint using the energetics of their natal birth chart. And she has printed and trial and errored. She's a manager, and of course, her way. And managed to build two six-figure-a-year e-commerce businesses and a multiple six-figure marketing agency. And she's saying, hello, multifaceted manager. <laughs> All through experimenting with the energetics and manifestation practices of her astrolog astrological design and connecting with her spirit guides behind closed doors. So astrology and spiritual work is the secret weapon that has helped her to transform past trauma, low self-worth, and actual poverty into her desired reality today. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much, Annalena, for the beautiful introduction. I'm so honored to be speaking with you today on the show and so happy that our paths crossed this year. Yeah, likewise, likewise. And just so everybody knows already, we will be also looking at Michelle's chart later on. But first, I actually want to wanna talk a little bit about your journey, like what brought you to astrology and what were you doing before that so as a manager I dabbled in a lot of different things I've always been kind of an introvert and into creative arts as a child I was very quiet to myself um, I didn't speak much because I struggled with a stuttering problem I was bullied a lot in school and so I would just keep to myself, engage in art and painting. And I started falling in love with like fashion design, making clothing. Mm. So I worked really hard to um, like study, get into fashion school in New York at Parsons New School for Design. That was like my, my track. And that took like tooth and nail 
to do that because my family, my parents were not okay with it at all. They wanted me to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an accountant. It's a cultural conditioning Mm -hmm. that is very common for Asian Americans. And it was after I graduated from fashion school and working in the fashion industry for a couple of years that I realized like that world and industry, although I love the craftsmanship, the industry wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of um, power struggles that I've noticed happening in the industry that was happening at large. Um, and I also felt like something was missing. I've, there was this nudge that a whisper, there's like a deeper calling here, but I couldn't really make out what it was. And I remembered like throughout my childhood, going into college and adulthood, I've always been fascinated with like occult stuff. Like when I walk past a store and I see tarot cards, I'd be like fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. When I see like astrology signs, I'm like, ooh, but scared to engage with it because I've been taught and conditioned mm-hmm. socially around me to not touch that stuff. Yeah. Um, some of my family members, they are religious. And growing up in my um, neighborhood, I've, I have a lot of friends that are Christian and Catholics. So they've always kind of like pulled me physically away from those stores. Um, and so I've been feeling very, I was feeling very, loss like after a couple years into the fashion street decided to then get into like higher education worked in like social media management and yet something still felt like it was missing I was constantly engaging in careers that I thought were socially acceptable in the eyes of other people Hmm. that were considered respectful respectable um, in the eyes of other people And I was such a scared, um, like, people pleaser. I can relate to that. Yeah. And, like, talking about it is very cathartic now that I kind of, like, look back on those early years because I, I felt like I was in a lot of pain, but I was so used to it all my life. That was just what I've always known. And it was it was there was an incident at work where there was a shooting that happened and that incident basically kind of snapped me like wide awake Mm -hmm. it jolted me it was that moment where I just kind of looked at myself very differently and I realized you know I've I felt like I really understand my sense of like mortality and how fragile life is. Mm. And I haven't been respecting myself and the journey that I've been on. I've just kind of muffled my own inner voice down for the longest time. And Mm. so during that time when the incident happened, I quit my job. I ended a really serious relationship at that time. It was, uh, they were also from a very like religious family and I just like sold everything and just flew to Bali, Indonesia, took my first solo trip by myself for the first time, scared, (laughs) didn't know Mm. what to expect, but I felt like I hit rock bottom Mm. and I just wanted to find myself. 
I wanted, I didn't want anyone around me that have been telling me all of these things and making my mind so noisy. I just wanted to be in solitude and just like think and hear myself for the first time. And so I was in Bali for about three to four weeks. And that was when I started having this like massive spiritual awakening. I started talking to different practitioners and healers Mm -hmm. that were having like thriving practices in Bali. I had a very powerful astrology reading also in Bali. And that was when I realized, wow, I feel so connected to this exploration system. And I was so scared at the same time, but I felt so called to it. It felt like such a powerful force. It felt like home. And after that trip, that was when I decided, okay, I'm going to start studying this more seriously. I'm still going to honor my Manijan and explore different entrepreneurial endeavors. So that was when I started my e-commerce brands, my marketing agencies, and that helped give me the financial stability and capital Mm -hmm. to then invest long-term into my spiritual development, mentorship, finding the right coaches, programs, um, being able to study astrology more seriously and really prepare myself to like just help other people also release that conditioning and release the fears of truly being seen going on that journey mm-hmm. navigating it through the vessel of what i like to call their sacred business so that was kind of the, the wobbly journey to get to where i'm at today wow so from scared to sacred it's almost the same letters in the world, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I want to share with you. So I had a, another recording here for my podcast as well. Uh, she's a she's a model, also fashion industry, and she had a very similar. She went to Bali, which it, it, she said in a different way. What it was exactly? She had to get away from all the noises outside to find herself. You know, and I have been joking a little bit the, the last few weeks. I literally, because I, I found it so profound when she described it. And now you again, like, I think we all need to go to Bali for like a month or so to some of those sacred spaces. And you're the second person. And I'm like, maybe I need to go to Bali. <laughs> I I think there is a special energy in Bali for yeah. sure. Um, Ypres Love definitely influenced me yeah. in the movie. But once you go there, Yeah especially if you have the courage to go by yourself. Mm. I feel like it can be a very powerful journey. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I have been, like, one thing I've been called is especially the mountains, more nature, mountains, because I live in Florida, and uh, the nature here is just, I mean, there's palm trees and, you know, everything is flat, a lot lot of, like, kind of fake way of creating nature, because everything is Mm. man-made for the most part. So, yeah, just thank you for sharing that. And I would love to hear from you also. So in your bio, you were saying, right, you you actually experienced poverty in your in your early life. Would you would you mind talking? Because you know, we we like to talk about I like to talk about money a lot. And I think that's just something um would be super valuable for the audience. And I'm myself super curious to hear a little bit about your transformation. Yeah, absolutely. So when I think about my relationship with money and scarcity, this is definitely an ancestral wound from both my father's and mother's lineage. So they immigrated here 
when my mom immigrated to the United States when she was about only like 13, 14. And my dad came here. He was a refugee. He escaped from war. He was a war prisoner from Cambodia, Laos during that time. And he came here, I think, when he was about in his like early, late 20s or early 30s. I have to ask him about the exact age. And they started working at the grocery store, like bagging groceries. And they like the pay was super low. Um, they when they met each other and decided to get married and they were pregnant with me, my mom had two. Um, other brothers. Uh, so they're my uncles. And so three big families lived in like a one bedroom apartment. Wow. And some of them like slept on the floor. Mm. And that was the way they started their journey in America to like chase what people like to call the American dream. And everyone has like a different definition of that. But my family really believed in the American dream my uh grandmother grandfather really believed in it and so they were bagging groceries and started from that and worked their way up and i remembered when i was like five or six years old um they were also very resourceful so they uh started on top of their full-time jobs on the weekends we would go to like different flea markets. We wake up at like 4 a.m. I was like around four or five at the time. And I would go with my parents to the flea market and sell stuff, <laughs> like sell right. jackets. And I would make like little clay turtle ear earrings for like $5. I would just like make it at home because I was, I like artistic stuff. Mm -hmm. um, my parents, they didn't give me an allowance, which is totally fine. I was just glad to be going along with them to the flea market and sell like my little turtle earrings <laughs> so I would save it up and I would just like use that to like buy more supplies so I learned entrepreneurship when I was very very little mm -hmm. because it was out of survival yeah so I started entrepreneurship I feel like out of a trauma response and it was a good stepping stone for me because I needed to learn and understand my relationship to like um, my relationship to victim self victimization, because mm -hmm. for the longest time, like, especially when I went to college, I saw a lot of students around me that did have trust funds because when we go to fashion school in New York, some people are very wealthy mm -hmm. and I felt very intimidated. I've only like, I've saved up money to go to school and I had like a really strict budget. And this was, I was kind of in a tipping point when I was transitioning from scarcity to wanting to be in an abundance mindset and wanting to explore and learn. And like, I was hungry to be successful at the time. I was very much falling into like the trap of hustle culture. Cause it's all I've ever known. It's all I've ever seen my parents do. Mm. And it wasn't until I've reached complete burnout, trying to catch up with the people that had like $15,000 a month allowances. Like it, wow. the different definitions of wealth was just so different. And that's not the background I came from. So 
I, I did what I could to make ends meet and it was really difficult. And that was also why I fell into like a really deep depression um, when it came to like scarcity and money. That was when I really entered a dark hole when I was in college. I came in with a lot of naiveness and a lot of like optimistic hope, but it was uh, like rose colored lenses. And that was when my concept of money completely like shattered. And I had to rebuild that after I came back from my trip to Bali. Uh, I had to really learn to like save, be resourceful, and also take radical responsibility and accountability for my life. And know that, you know, like I cannot compare my journey and my relationship to wealth to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I just have to meet myself where I'm at and just build from there yeah. and not compare myself because everyone will have different resources. What can I do to build my business with the resources that I have yeah. and start from there? Mm-hmm. And that really helped me over the years, like slowly release like this money story and that money story. Yeah. <laughs> It'll always be an ongoing journey. But it's like night and day now compared to where I started. And it's very fascinating to kind of be in that witness mode and look back on those times. It was very difficult. Yeah. Wow. So fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. And I wanted to share because you said some things which is so like who you are. So the listeners don't know this yet, but you have the incarnation cross of the sleeping phoenix yourself, right? So your conscious son is gate 34. And what you were saying, so the Jinky 55 or the gate 55, that's that's your unconscious earth. Because I did a masterclass about it just a couple of days ago. And it's exactly the in the shadow is the victim consciousness, right? Where we're like, um, yeah, we feel like a victim to our circumstances. And the flip side, the gift, which you're very much into now, right? Like just from you talking where you were like, okay, I had to get resourceful with what I have and not not complain, right? Or like see myself just in the limitations, but actually like, okay, what can I do? And I think it's so beautiful how you describe what you went through as a child. And I also believe that gave you those skills and like, well, this is what we have. What can we do? We're going to go out there and we're going to do this, you know? So I think it's just such a beautiful journey. And what I also loved, I can relate to that so much myself, that you had to look at where you are at and not compare yourself with others because I have experiences on my own journey so much that the more I got influenced by others, and I think you and I, we're both like highly sensitive empath, right? We're even more susceptible to that. Other people may not be as much, but for me, it's it's almost like poison, seriously. Like I, I rather... Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm taking this amazing course that's teaching how to make money and it's doing the exact opposite for me because I get lost in somebody else's story and way of doing things. Absolutely. I, that's why I know in human design, like that concept of like deconditioning comes into Mm -hmm. play. It's such a powerful tool. And with astrology, I always talk about working through like the shadows Mm -hmm. and bringing that into awareness because that's the way to release ourselves from those stories. In this case, like those money stories, Mm -hmm. um, Mm self-victimization. We have to look at them, put a lot of like self-compassion towards them and not compare 
where we've come from with other people because it's gonna look wildly different mm-hmm. and I also I've noticed like in the wellness and coaching industry when people engage with other people's like programs just because this teacher or mentor has this way of strategy it's one way but mm-hmm. never forget to also tune into your own internal guidance and take mm-hmm. radical responsibility for that and mm-hmm. co-collaborate with the strategies that you're being presented with mm-hmm. i feel like that's a very powerful skill set to adopt for anyone that wants to be um, resourceful successful in their business whatever it may be yeah yeah i had like actually this week i had such a strong realization where and i've been talking about it for a long time where i'm always like people that um and i, I don't know if that's the right way to say it i don't know what the <laughs> right way is but when there is the focus on money and you know i love to talk about money myself mm-hmm. But what I am, I want to say allergic to, if that's the right word. That's a good word. (laughs) Yeah, it's when it's like, I show you how to, when it's about just talking about money and how to make six figures and seven figures, I think we're so missing the point. And I find that the truly rich people, like you, for example, you have such an amazing story and you are so humble and you like, you don't put this at the forefront. I show you how to make six, seven figures, mm-hmm. right? You probably would have way more Instagram followers or something like that, right? Because yeah. that, that's still the the thing we live in. And yeah. the other thing, I keep getting also emails here and there where people, or I see this a lot, I still on social media. I just hit the six figures. I was saying, I'm going to show you exactly how I did it. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm not interested in because it yeah. it's great. I celebrate you. It's awesome. But I'm going to tell you that's for me, how I am, Annalena, like being highly sensitive, undefined head and Ashna, you have that as well, right? <laughs> uh, and the undefined roots. So it's actually taking then longer for me to be on my own path because I get so easily pulled into, oh, this is how I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's an inspiration, maybe, but I have learned and that's why I've learned to trust myself. And I think that's has been the exact same for you from what I have been hearing you say like yeah those things are actually just detrimental to me that like I have learned and I have to be so discerning to keep saying no to those things I keep unsubscribing those things like people that just talk about make x amount of money and proven strategy I just like no more bless you but this is this is not good for me and not judging you but this is not good yeah. for me at all yeah and I there's this frequency that people admit like I know a lot of um, it's like seven figure business owners, even eight figure business owners, like when they are not online, when they're not sharing their work, they're not happy. Yeah. They're not happy with what they're, uh, promoting, selling. And there's a frequency that you can sense because we're both highly sensitive, mm-hmm. maybe on paper and materially, when we are talking about the capitalistic, like currency of money, that is what people might subjectively view as a lot. Everyone's definition of a lot, not enough, is going to be different. But when it comes to like spiritual wealth, mm-hmm. you can feel that. Is that person at ease? Does that person feel enough on the inside? That's a level of wealth that must be at the core and foundation of every, like any business you have, 
spiritual wealth has to be at the core. Yeah. Because if you can have that, you'll always be able to regenerate and have a sustainable business where the wealth can come in and you can give back and the wealth comes in and you give back. It's meant to flow. It's not meant to be hoarded. Yeah. That we've, I feel like in today's society, we've lost the whole point of why money is even being used. Mm-hmm. It's to connect. It's to build deeper connections with other people. And I also, tr- this might be my midheaven and Aquarius speaking, but it's also to help provide for others with lesser means. And it's just a way back this, to love. I, I just literally like, 20 seconds ago I I had the thought it's here to be shared and now you're saying yes. it and I'm an Aquarius and my son right so I'm like yes. and I'm just gonna give so you have also in your chart gate 45 I have it also in my chart and um that's about the equitable distribution of resources and yes. and also in in the gene case it, it talks about that so these businesses that you were describing those seven eight figure businesses I believe they're built on greed and fear Mm-hmm. because it, it gives yeah. people an illusion of safety right and and yes. a false sense of happiness and like you say and I've heard this from so many people now right like yeah they make the seven eight figures but they're deeply unhappy I wouldn't want to trade with that I literally I, I would not I'm I'm like I have almost come to the point where I don't even think much about money anymore. It's still like a thing and I'm still working on a lot of things, right? But I'm like, so many people tell me and you probably too, like, oh my God, like you made it. You're so happy with what you do. You look more vibrant than 10 years ago. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm turning around in genetics or something because I really (laughs) love, I really love what I do, right? And Mm -hmm. like you say, the money flows. It's about flowing and even in the in the jinkies, it, it says there very specifically that we are here to redistribute money because it is it is wrongly distributed. And we don't need a house with 10 bedrooms. We just don't need that. Right. Absolutely. And, I, I, and we spend a lot of money on things. I mean, of course, there's industries, right? Like the drug industry, I think, has the most amount of money in the entire world of industries or something. The cartels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so and there's a lot of money that humans um, spend a circulate in the environment that actually destroys the environment, that is taking mm-hmm. advantage of people, that is creating more separation and all that is gonna crumble I feel it so and you with your Aquarius and your midheaven you this is something I just know and I'm so like even all the debt that we have right now it's gonna fall away like if you did it for a good purpose to build your business be proud of yourself you know and that's why energetically I know that this might be very tender and sensitive for a lot of people like with everyone's like worried about the recession right I Mm -hmm. see it as a shift in the redistribution redistribution of assets yeah a lot of old structures are crumbling and this is why when it comes to like building a business we're not just building a business to like hoard money i honestly see the way you conduct your business how you show up as a business leader you are setting and pioneering the new structures and examples you're in experiment experimentation phase on ways in which we can rewrite the story on how business can be conducted, how money can be distributed. Mm -hmm. Because it has to be from the foundation that I am enough, you are enough. So we don't subconsciously engage in business strategies and activities that 
spread the fear of scarcity and hoarding. I think that will only repeat the cycle (laughs) that we are now seeing now with the recession and everything crumbling. Mm -hmm. I see the recession not as a bad thing. I see it as a new chapter and shift. The tower must occur for a new beginning to happen. Yes. Now I feel the same way. I'm actually, I'm almost like, I'm, this is exciting, guys. This is the best time to be alive. <laughs> it's a great time to be alive. Yeah. And I also have realized for myself that the, in terms of the more money I have, the more responsibility I have. Mm-hmm. And I have realized for myself when there were times where I was more struggling with money was because I wasn't ready for that yet. Because there was still this like, I need to hold on to the money. It's going to keep me safe. And I'm more in this like, okay, the more access I have to money, the more responsible I am with how I'm going to use the money. Because for me, like when I have, like say there's the million dollar, that's a big responsibility. We can easily fall into like, ah, get me the fancy house or just keep traveling. And of course can be part of it, but to actually support companies that are caring about the environment to buy food and support the local community and stuff like that. And also some people that were there where your family was when you first came here and actually support them because it's not this like, well, they're in the different way of consciousness is their fault. We are here to support and care. And oftentimes these are the people that are the most, the most motivated people, you know, the most hardworking. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I always tell my clients to not see your past history as a weakness, to not Mm. try to wipe it away, hide it when you are showing up in your sacred business. It is a part of your history. Mm. You should be proud of where you've come from, even if it's from a place of challenge, because I find that those are the moments, the shadowy parts of our lives those are the moments that people really need to hear and witness. Mm-hmm. And we can't bypass that as mm-hmm. part of the human experience. Yeah. yeah. You're, just, you're just talking all gate 13 right now. We'll <laughs> oh, get to that in a little bit. It's, it's an Aquarian energy. So that's my, that's my conscious yeah. sign. And you have it, you have it in your chat. It's all about rewriting, like seeing the past in a positive light. And, mm-hmm. um, turning that into an empowering story and and actually actually the past is what the gift is yes and, and, and I even when you were saying like I think the bigger the challenge we've had the the more like amazing it is to to share and the more power is there actually in the transformation I love it Absolutely. so I, I want to because I know we want to also talk a little bit about your human design shout out I want to give you also a chance to talk a little bit about what you do in your business because you mm-hmm. are such an astrology expert and you incorporated with branding. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like what you take your clients through? Absolutely. So I have like a two layered perspective when it comes to building a business. So one is the front facing. So visual branding, it's something that I deeply love probably because of my Jupiter in Libra. I love visual branding. It's a form of art to me. Mm -hmm. And I find that when we honor the energetics of our natal chart, it can actually show a very beautiful natural strategy in what can create deeper resonance and connections with your future community, your clients. I oftentimes like to say branding, visual branding, it's not just for you. 
it's it serves as a lighthouse for the people that you want to help support. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a very Aquarian ideology to not just embrace the Leo in you, but also embrace the consideration of other people. What type of visual connection and language can you portray using the strategy of your natal chart? that can create safety for people to come in and engage with your offers. Mm -hmm. Talking about the offers, talking about the business strategy, building a sacred business. When we talk about like messaging, we can look at like Mercury in your natal chart. There's different aspects, which house is it in? A lot of fortune, the Arabic point in astrology can talk about the different ways in which we can receive opportunities Um, be in more of that abundance mindset, recalibrate that energy. And I see the natal chart. What's beautiful about it is when we use the natal chart to inform the strategy of our business, I see a lot of clients, their personal lives also starts to shift and be Mm -hmm. enriched Mm -hmm. because astrology, like human design, I see astrology as a way to bring yourself back into balance if there's a sign or a type of element that you lean heavily on, what is the polar opposite of that? And how can you embrace both polar archetypal energies so that you can have a really comprehensive, supportive business um, approach it in a more balanced way? Mm. Yeah. 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 And it, it's so aligned with human design and gene keys. It's always about balance in the divine feminine and the divine mm. masculine energies, right? And I also love, I have to say, because, you know, for me, human design and jinkies come so easy. But astrology, I, I still like it doesn't come that. And I love that it comes so easy to you. Right. And we just also have to honor that. Like, well, let me shall do the astrology and <laughs> the human design. Because there's a reason when something comes easy to us, that's what we are supposed to share with the world. And by the way, you're going to be proud of me because I remember one of the things you pointed out in our astrology reading was that my... um it's called a lot of fortune, right? Yes. It's in Leo. And it's all about mm-hmm. being more like like pictures. And I have started to do that already. And I still haven't yeah. done the, the photo shoot, but I know it's coming. So I have done that more. But also I know that I'm still not being on camera as much. And I'm about to, I, I shared it with you before we got on. I'm about to, I want to say pretty sure. I don't want to be certain. <laughs> but I'm really feeling it. I even signed up for a little like, course yesterday to launch a youtube channel so i want to be more on camera and, and show my face because i know that's that's with leo right to be more like showing yeah. us i'm not just hiding behind the carousel posts and it's so funny you mentioned that because you have a lot of aquarian energy aquarius and leo they're on that axis pair so you are mm. actively creating that balance mm. of like putting the spotlight and making sure other people's voices are heard, but you are also the vessel. So like having you be at the forefront, there is a beautiful purpose in that too. So balancing the two so that you are truly this leader that appreciates both polarities. Mm. I find that that creates more responsible business leaders, which you're so beautifully embodying. Thank you. Yeah, and it it took me some time, right? I I kind of rushed things, but I'm, I'm finally like, ready to be a little bit more in the spotlight (laughs) and do my thing and it's it's uh so yeah thank you for uh that's really one big thing that has been on my mind a lot like how can I do this more why do I keep hiding sometimes so much and I just think I have to find the right medium I feel more like 
-hmm. for me it's more aligned to do it on youtube than on instagram for example don't know why but that's what my body wants me to do yeah and I, I like that you kind of trust your internal guidance and it's just like going towards a path of least resistance mm, sometimes yeah. is the best way forward. Mm. And I do love YouTube. I, I personally love YouTube more than Instagram, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I love long form content and I'm very mm. engaged when I get to like see people just like mm. with their body language and facial mm. expressions engaging. Yeah. 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 It was amazing. Cause yesterday when I, cause my mind would be like, well, it's way too late to start a YouTube channel, right? <laughs> Everybody already has it, way too much competition. But I, the course that I signed up for, the guy was actually saying that it's the best way to build a community. And I have so much community energy in my chart. You were pointing that out as well in the reading. And I was like, Oh, like now I get it. Why I feel so drawn to it, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I definitely need to follow your YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. Now that you're starting one. I, I invite you first thing. So it's already there. It's just I have some old stuff on there. I, I had a YouTube channel called Annalena's Wonderland three years ago. I did it for like two, three months, and then the manager was like, eh, not feeling it. And I'm <laughs> I'm I'm just coming back and gonna have my podcast on there and some other like you know, human design jinky stuff. So awesome. Beautiful. Perfect. So are you ready? Would you like for uh, for me to look a little bit at your human design oh, chart and we geek out Absolutely. a little bit on that? Okay. Absolutely. Um, I'm so excited. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, that literally, I just pulled your chart like uh, 15 minutes before we hopped on the call here today. So I love that we use genetic matrix. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, definitely the coolest. Um, so you are three, five manifesting generator with emotional authority like we already said right angle cross of the sleeping phoenix conscious sun is the gate 34 which is such a such a beautiful energy and so one of the things that really stood out so you have that 34 20 channel which is really like that's your conscious sun and earth right that's the manifesting generator energy and it's extremely powerful it's the most powerful energy to the throat actually and you also have the G center to the throat. So here, like this channel 10, 20 is also, so you, you have all the power and then also the heart and all the softness. It's highly actually vulnerable energy mm. when we have the G center connected to the throat. And you were sharing that as a child, you were so quiet, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, you suppressed so much, right? As you were young. Oh yeah. I, my parents told me, that being sad and being angry was not acceptable so I just hid it from people and I put right. it into my art yeah yeah thank god you did that though yeah I needed an outlet or else I was gonna yeah no seriously because especially so so gate 34 is the most powerful most busiest energy in the entire chart so I have that I don't have that full channel I only have the 34 but uh we have to be busy like in a way that lights us up, right? We actually like, we we keep this energy trapped in, in our body if we if we don't move the energy. So I'm so happy that, I mean, you found your voice, right? And you also, you have a podcast now yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. that's been very healing for also my Chiron in Leo in the third house, third house ruling 
communication. I yeah. see the third house almost as like parallel to uh, the throat. In human oh, true. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. So I'm going to keep inviting you to more things for you to talk because I love everything <laughs> you have to share. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Perfect. And um, yeah, because that 3420 is often this energy where we feel like we're being too much. Mm. you know because it's such my daughter has also that channel and I mean she's like the queen of the party and bossing everybody around sometimes <laughs> so it's like when we're super quiet we're just really holding that back and I, I love that you found that you know mm. way to express it through you know art and being creative so that's really beautiful now one there are two more things that really stood out so you have gate 14 so this gate it's in your moon and also in your mercury so in the in the three line this energy so this comes off the sacral center this is one of the energies in the chart where we do things to make money right it's like we mm -hmm. we constantly respond kind of like what you were describing your parents and grandparents that like what can we do well let's create some stuff and sell it at the market like how can we like being resourceful and you it's almost an alchemizing energy we turn things into gold and it's also people have that energy we are here to i have it too in my uranus i believe mm -hmm. but we are here to actually help other people become prosperous and step into their calling and that will make us prosperous as well so the more we focus on others prosperity and and not because I know this for myself, anytime I get caught up in like, how can I make more money? Then it, it blocks it. And yeah. when I genuinely in this, in this energy of like, how can I help you create more abundance, more wealth in your life, really from that energy, mm -hmm. the more it also, it also comes in. And that's something you're here to communicate about the, the essence of this energy, like how to it's about creation and turning things into magic and doing the thing that I love that. Finds... I, I love that. And it, it echoes again, the Aquarian enoughness, like mm -hmm. from a place of being enough and mm -hmm. serving other people, being of service to other people. Yeah. In, in a, when you talk about the 14, I have um, a six health stellium in my birth chart, which talks about being of service to other people. That's a very dominant mm -hmm. echo that gives me a sense of meaning. Like I yeah. feel nourished and I feel emotionally full mm -hmm. when I'm out there helping other people. Yeah. And can I share with you, because I'm so also connected with the energy myself, what was the biggest conditioning for me, which actually came from the mm -hmm. coaching space. So yes. there was always this idea like, well, you have to be financially super successful first before you can show other people how to do it. It's it's a very high hierarchy kind of way of thinking. Well, yeah. and, unless you have made six figures, like you cannot help other people support with their financial abundance. And that held me back for so long mm -hmm. because I was like, I have to do it first so I can. And, and I finally realized, especially with what you were saying about seven and eight figure earners, right? Like, yeah, I'm not a seven-figure earner, but I'm sure I can change their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I I've known a lot of not all six not all six seven-figure earners do this, but I know a lot of seven-figure earners that actually create trauma for their clients. They mm -hmm. create 
additional conditioning that does not need to be there for their clients. Mm. And so it's actually not helpful. I've had a couple of like seven A-figure um, prospects that wanted to book a birth chart reading with me. And the way they led to the inquiry was, so I made $34 million this year so far. We're in March, but it's not enough. Teach me how to make more. And I sent them a loving email. I told them, you know, thank you for reaching out, but we are not in energetic resonance. This is not what I teach. This is not the ethos of why I teach people to build their sacred business. If you're already coming from a place of not enoughness, I cannot help you. Wow. And I had to honor my own values and authenticity because that would only perpetuate more scarcity yeah. in what we see in society. And that's not what I want to honor. Uh, yeah, because the truth is we may help them realize that all the money they've accumulated is actually a false illusion of safety. And it may be yeah. actually healthy to let go a little bit of the money, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that letting go some of the money and giving it to people might actually be the lesson they need yeah. to release those money blocks. And in a very like ironic way, receive more money. Yeah, I really... Yeah. I got goosebumps all over my body when you were sharing the story. Yeah. This is amazing that you had, because it's like, oh, I'm going to not make X amount of money from this reading, right? But you actually yeah. stood in your truth and like, that's not why I'm doing my business. I, exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. That's You're awesome. very welcome. Yeah, no, this is like, because I always say like, and we're on this journey so much together, especially with your incarnation, because we're here to change the way we do business. Mm -hmm. we're here right? yeah. we're here to wake people up um and help them live a truly fulfilled life well yeah money is important but it's not the thing to do and that's the thing like why does it always have to be more and more it's so freaking stressful <laughs> and i i feel like more money also can be expanded as if i have more money i can have more resources to redistribute and give to people mm -hmm. and there are many different like layers to it but i think money presents the greatest mirror to what we need to heal within ourselves like even now to to, to like to this day i'm still healing my relationship with, with money as i release old stories mm -hmm. there are other stories for me mm -hmm. to then embark on to learn those lessons and I find money to be one of the most powerful spiritual teachers. And a lot of people are treating money as slaves. And it's like, I know, excuse my language on that, but like, that's the way capitalistic society is operating it. And they're not respecting money. Yeah. They're not respecting mm -hmm. money as a resource and money needs to be respected. Yeah. And redistributing money, the act of that needs to be respected for things to be an energetic balance. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you have, but the jinkies are so aligned with everything that you say, because it, it, it says in there, so I have to find when I find it, I'll let you know which one it is. But Richard Rudd actually says in there, money is our biggest spiritual teacher. Yes. And and, and, you, and you just said it. So that's so beautiful. Yeah. So one thing, because you're right now, you're 30 years old, that's your set on return. You're right in it, right? So or when it, it comes to 
human design yes mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. technically in my saturn's return because mm-hmm. saturn and pisces is crossing it's in my 10th house mm-hmm. in the career public sector in astrology i finished my saturn's return in aquarius but i'm still going through it yeah. because of my 10th house saturn being in the 10th house mm-hmm. so it still feels like a saturn's return to be honest mm-hmm. and that could also be illuminating because of the human design um, yeah. body graph yeah. that i'm seeing yeah, yeah it's kind of the way we say in human design is like you feel it some years before and after like and then there's a very intense phase around the date right but it's not like oh hi here i am and then tomorrow it's done or something like that. so it's like a yeah. it's a gradual transition because you have so in your saturn you have gate 13 and you have gate 19 now first of all these are both aquarian energies they're both in aquarius right so mm-hmm. gate 19 it's this it's like this is like a shaman energy it's like the mostly highly sensitive energy in the entire chart i have that that's actually my my mercury funnily enough so and we can sense the needs of others so well that's why we also um like you were saying you were scared people pleaser right we we always want to make it right for everybody and just because we can sense what other need doesn't mean we have to do all of it right mm-hmm. um but it's so like we're so you're so highly attuned to to all of that and and the shadow is codependency mm-hmm. right well we are we're codependent on yeah how other people are or what they say or what they do or even when we're codependent on some something outside anything outside of ourselves in, in a way right Mm-hmm. And yeah, and really like many, many energy healers, high intuitives, like you are, right? Like have have that energy. And yours is in, in gate on line six. So it's like 19.6. So the six energy is always like a very wise teaching kind of energy. So I feel like you're doing exactly that, you know, because you. especially for your age, like, I mean, I mean, you're like my, I have a little sister and she's actually a little bit um, older than you, also born in 92. So like, I'm impressed by how much wisdom you have at this age. I think it's 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 really incredible. Thank you for I I find that I'll, like it's hard for me to receive because I feel like I'm still a student in so many ways, and I know that's my South Node in Gemini talking. My mm. North Node is in Sagittarius, and the lesson for mm. me here is like to truly embody and believe that I and the teacher and I feel like for like this lifetime that is something that I'm continuously learning to embrace and receive and it's like peeling different layers of an onion of belief so thank you for seeing me in that and helping me heal that wound that I have yeah you're welcome I see you super wise and like wow it's it's really incredible so then on the other side which is your unconscious which is the really even like the whole subconscious right so you have the 13 you call that the design side that's based on 88 days before you were born when you were in your mom's womb so mm-hmm. it's gate 13 that that happens to be my conscious son finally because when i was looking it's like she's 13 and 19 so gate 13 is here at the g center and we call it the gate of the listener and this is all about this energy. I said it earlier about looking at the past in a positive light. So we, it's kind of very easy for us. Like when somebody comes to us and it's this energy, like people just share their deepest secrets with you. Like even though they don't know you, they have no, like they just share everything with you. And 
we're very empathic. Empathy is the city, is the highest frequency of this energy. And we're like, we don't judge. We're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And like, how can we use this to rewrite the story? Like you you shared your story yeah. about poverty, right? So um, the more you are in this energy of like seeing everything from your past in a positive light, because we always have to apply it to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And the more power, because Saturn, like we need to kind of learn the lessons from Saturn to be fully stepping into the blessings of Jupiter, right? Jupiter, as you know, is all about money, prosperity, Mm-hmm. And all of that, and then thirteen also is all about what you did with going to Bali. About it's the gift and the genius is called discernment, where you discern what is good for you, what is right for you. Like like you were discerning mm-hmm. with a reading, like this is not because the listening is like we have to listen to our own heart. We have to listen to our own voice inside. That is always where our guidance um, is coming from, right? And yeah, the more we do that, and it's also like, it's a, so the, we are natural guides of others mm-hmm. just by being in our presence. And it's it's about just when somebody comes to you and just listening, I have to still like sometimes just give myself credit for that, that just when I allow other people to talk to me and I, I just listen, that in itself is a huge transformation because people they want to have a loving space to just mm-hmm. be listened to and to be received. Yeah. Being witnessed is, I feel like one of the most like healing tools that you can also help facilitate or receive. Yeah. A lot of people that like early on in their journey of wanting to, you know, help other people be of service to other people in the wellness spiritual space, they have a, they always tell me like, I have a lot of imposter syndrome. What if I can't do it? I'm like, just you listening, active listening, start there and really Mm -hmm. connecting with that person, not from all of the different egoic roles and hierarchy structures that like capitalistic and like standard business practices, patriarchal business practices have put on you. Uh, Like you have to connect with that person, like in full empathy and Mm -hmm. that person will feel it. And that alone can be so powerful because most of the clients that you might start off connecting with, they've never truly been heard before. Yeah. Mm. And they need a space to do that and to start there. And that's where a lot of clarity can come in. Mm. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. Cause people don't need me to tell them what they need to do. They need to, I I'm the best coach guide, whatever we want to call it. When I help you, listen to your own inner guidance and you I can support you move through the fears and stuff but yeah yeah. so yeah so just to tell you like it's such beautiful energies in your chart right and I really like just from knowing you now um since the beginning of this year like I just um I'm really impressed how you how you embody those energies that means the world coming from you, Annalena, because I respect your work so much. And looking at your birth chart for mirrors in a way, you're embodying your lessons and your strategy in your chart so beautifully as well. Wow. So, We're doing awesome, mirrors. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, beautiful. Well, obviously, I could talk about your chart for way longer, um, but I want to also be conscious of time. 
So I wanted to also give you an opportunity to let people know how they can find you, your podcast, um, you know, if they're, if they're are keen to work with you. Absolutely. So you can find all of my offerings over at michellesaya.com. I'm also very active over on Instagram. So at michelle underscore Saya is where you can find me, send me a DM saying hello. Happy to help direct you to any resources you need. Um, in the link in bio of my Instagram are all of the different offering invitations that you can engage with to see what resonates most with you. Yes, and I highly, I highly recommend it. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then your podcast is called State of Being. I'm going to make sure I put all of this yes. in the show notes. And one final question I have for you before we hop off is, I always ask everybody this, what's like the one core message you want to leave the listeners with? Or one wisdom insight? Yeah. You are enough. Hmm. You are enough. Wherever you're at in your life, whatever is keeping you up at night, you are enough. That must be the first thought that you start with. And the first thought that, and the last thought that you sit with before you go to sleep at night. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I had to heal myself. <laughs> I should go back to other podcast episodes and get those nuggets of wisdom and, and write them all down. Thank you for that. Thank you for this amazing, enlightening, empowering conversation. I had mm. an amazing time. Thank you so much for being a lighthouse and just paving the way. I truly admire the work that you do. I resonate so much with your energy and your vibe. And I'm just so honored that our cross has passed. So yeah, I'm just so glad. Yeah. Likewise. No, I'm, I'm really happy. We are, I feel like we're on this journey together to really collectively because we can never do it alone right to really get this message yeah. out into the world so i'm also very honored to have met you i also deeply resonate with your work and everything <laughs> you do so thank you for that and you listeners thank you for being here as always i'm pretty sure you had an amazing time listening to this episode and as always i highly recommend you may listen to this again to get even more out of it and like i said everything about michelle how to get in contact with her is going to be in the show notes and i'm very happy and excited to be with you all on the next episode Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, then please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. And if you also know someone that you know in your heart could benefit from listening to this podcast, then I invite you to please share and help me reach more conscious leaders so we together can create global impact. I truly appreciate you and see you next time.